0: Today, on the Bill Kelly Show, on 900 CHML. The Mayor's Town Hall, Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger is with us, and uh, we are going to open the lines up in just a couple of minutes. I know you've got a lot to talk about, a lot of questions to ask about how the city is doing uh, and what they're dealing with and how they're moving us forward. Uh, with the COVID-19 crisis and, uh, the, of course, the reopening in many situations. So for your uh, questions, for your uh, comments for Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger, you can reach us at 905-645-3221, 905-645-3221. Star 9900 is toll-free on your cell phone. Uh, email bkelly at 900chml.com and on Twitter at chmlbillkelly. Right, we're going to go to your calls in just a couple of minutes, but you should call now, get into the queue invariably, when we do this, we get a plethora of calls in the last five minutes, and so we simply can't get to all of them. So call now, and uh, get on the line, and we'll get to your calls just as quickly as we can for Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger. Mr. Mayor, good morning. Thanks so much for the time today.
1: Good morning. On this uh, frosty winter's day, it seems like, uh, hardly hardly feels like spring, but it will improve.
0: I was bemoaning. uh, I don't know if you heard that segment on the show about three weeks ago, the fact that uh, with the shutdown here, car dealerships were closed at that time. I said, I'm never going to get my snow tires changed. I look like the smartest guy in the block right now because I've still got mine on. So I guess (laughs) there was a reason for that, obviously. So we're, we're okay with that. Mr. Mayor, how are we dealing with uh, with what's going on? Are you, I know you meet on a, a daily basis with uh, Dr. Richardson, the Medical Officer of Health, with Paul Johnson, of mm-hmm. course, uh, and others involved. There's quite a few people, of course, on your team that are giving you daily briefings on this. Are you, are you satisfied with, with how we've moved forward on this? I mean, the numbers are not as bad as we had anticipated they might be in a situation like this, but as, as you and Dr. Richardson have told us consistently, it's because we have been basically playing by the rules.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, if uh, Hamiltonians hadn't, uh, you know, heeded the advice and hadn't hunkered down and uh, decided that uh, they were going to do business as usual, uh, the numbers would be quite dramatic. And uh, we'd have to be using all the space that's been identified as, uh, you know, additional capacity space just in case. This virus uh, took hold stronger than we uh, would be we anticipated. So it's been uh, actually a very positive story overall, even though we you know we have some negative outcomes. Obviously, uh, you know condolences to all the family members that uh, that have lost uh, loved ones uh, throughout the course of this. But. Uh in, in terms of overall numbers, we're probably doing better than most uh, southern Ontario municipalities. Uh, you know, just just 23 deaths. Uh, and, you know, the cases are, you know, holding at about 480 or something in that order. So, you know, overall, uh, pretty good. Uh, and, and again, as a result of the good work our, our citizens have done, kind of taking hold of some of the dramatic uh, changes. And you know what? Uh, no one would have thought, uh, you know, three or four months ago that we'd be, we'd be shutting down, just about every aspect of our uh, our community, uh, save and except, uh, you, know, you know, grocery stores and pharmacies. Uh, you know, everything else has pretty much been shuttered, uh, even though, you know, services at City Hall are available. Uh, no one's in the building, quite frankly. Everybody's working from home. So, uh, you know, a lot of that is, is, has been part of the, uh, the the minimization of the spread of the fire. So overall, I think Hamilton's done pretty well. Doesn't mean that we can, uh, you know, relax because I uh, you know the advice from our public health and and certainly nationally and and from Ontario's uh, public health is that this virus is still very much out there, uh, can can uh, you know virally spread uh, you know quickly if we uh, you know relax too much, and so we're seeing a very cautious approach by the the premier and and the federal government. I think that's the right step to take. And, uh, and we're following suit. So, uh, you know, this past weekend, uh, the opportunity to open up the trails, you know, notwithstanding the weather wasn't ideal. I'm sure lots of people got out and enjoyed them nonetheless. Um, the trails and uh, parks, uh, you know, parking lots uh, that previously were closed are now open. Uh, you know, the waterfront trail or uh, bayfront park, places that people like to go and uh, recreate. We, uh, we also want them to get out and get some air. And today, uh, you know, they can do a little bit more of that than they could, uh, you know, just a week ago. And then, and then seeing the relaxation of stores. So, I, you know, I would highly recommend, Bill, to not go to Canadian Tire on the weekend when they first open. Probably if you go today, it'll probably be pretty light. Uh, but I'm hoping. people are, you know, are, are doing the right kind of physical separation still. They're they're taking hold of the notion that this is going to be with us for a while. Uh, you know, physical separation isn't just a an occasional thing now, it's going to be, uh, you know, for many, many months, it's going to be with us. Uh, and all of the stores that uh, may or may not open in the future are all going to have to turn their minds to how are they going to protect customers and how are they going to protect employees. And all of that, I sense, is happening in all of the locations, whether it's Canadian Tire or Home Hardware or you know, what's already happened in the grocery stores and pharmacy. So, uh, overall answer your question is i think hamilton's fared pretty well given the you know the good work that our citizens have done and and the good advice of our public health team i think their their response has been clear i think we've shared accurate information with people and i think people understand why it's important to stay physically separated as much as possible and uh, do all the hand washing and all the things that they're advocating for so people get it people understand it uh, certainly lots of information out there, uh, you know, not, not only uh, you know, through CHNL, but CHCH and uh, CNN and CBC are sharing constant streams of information of what's happening with this virus worldwide. And so as a country, uh, you know, I think we've fared pretty well as well.
0: From that standpoint, I want to get to, to how the city's going to look at those next steps in just a couple of minutes. And I know I've talked to yeah. some of your council colleagues and, of course, you on a, on a pretty regular basis through this whole thing, Mr. Mayor. Uh, and and there's, I know you're getting some feedback and some pushback, frankly, from some citizens about what's open and what's closed, et cetera. But it's it fair to say that, by and large, you're really taking your direction from the province here, aren't you?
1: Totally, uh, you know, province and provinces taking direction from the federal government, and uh, you know the supports that the federal government's putting in place, uh, you know, allows the province and cities to make the kind of uh, changes that uh, that is in adherence to uh, you know what the provincial orders are. Now we have some local attitude here, so the waterfront trails and uh, you know the escarpment stairs are localized issues, and we can you know our old public health can make some decisions around that. But when it comes to amenities in the parks that was a provincial order to say close them all uh you know when it came to uh you know some restaurants and uh and businesses those were provincial orders and uh you know required to close them all so there uh, by and large in terms of that larger you know magnitude of closures uh you know that that is driven by provincial orders and uh you know the local autonomy around the, you know some of the some of the uh, the, the the amenity issues has been uh, localized but but still kind of following guidelines in terms of what should we start to open and what should we not under you know for phase one phase two phase three so uh yeah you know in my mind it's got to be a coordinated effort uh you know uh, this week uh, we're once once again going to have a call with the greater toronto and hamilton mayors to talk about uh ensuring that we have a coordinated approach in southern ontario as well you know the the worst thing that we could do is have varying you know, things happening in varying different communities in different ways. Like, for instance, if, you know, the premier says open up, uh, oh, you can open up all the restaurants and Hamilton doesn't and, uh, and Burlington does, well, we know what's going to happen. Uh, you know, there's going to be a wave of people going to Burlington and, you know, possibly causing some congestion in, the, in all of their facilities and not necessarily, uh, uh, and p- potentially, uh, you know, spreading the virus, you know, faster and, and more quickly than it needs to happen. So we want to have a coordinated effort, and uh, I think that level of coordination between the federal government, province, and municipalities has been actually quite, uh, quite amazing. Uh, hopefully, it's the kind of coordination that will continue, uh, you know, once this pandemic is uh, is beyond us, because it, uh, it it demonstrates that if we work together, we can do much, much, much better
0: going to talk about how that's going to look in, in just a couple of minutes, but uh, I want to get some phone calls in here, too. This is the Mayor's Town Hall, the Bill Kelly Show, 900 CHML, 905-645-3221. That's how you reach us by phone, start 9900, toll free, uh, email bkelly at 900CHML.com. And, uh, Michelle, you're going to be first up on the Town Hall this morning. Welcome to the program, Michelle.
2: Hello, how are you today?
0: Worth hanging good. in, I think. You... Uh, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Yep.
2: Okay, um, good morning, Mr. Mayor. Good morning. I have a question. Um, Last week on uh, CHML, there was uh, a blurb coming from Paul Johnson in regards to the opening up in the future of the pools and stuff, like the outdoor pools and stuff. Mm -hmm. And he used the word equity, but he didn't really explain what equity means because there's all types of equity. It's economic, it's social justice all kinds but he didn't really explain mm-hmm. that and what bothers me is those of us because i'm on odsp we we are not asked anything we're not asked for input on anything so i'm concerned about that could you explain what he meant about equity
1: well i'll try i mean i don't i don't know uh michelle you know what what he was referencing to in terms of overall equity but let me let me just guess that you know paul, paul johnson came to us uh, I, out of the social services uh, and and shelter industry, actually. And, and you know when I say industry unfortunately, it is an industry where you know far too many people in our community have to access shelters and have uh, food insecurity and food banks uh, requirements and I, I you know paul Paul is very much uh, you know in that that space and he brought all of that uh, knowledge and understanding to the city and uh, we've done I think an exceptional job of uh, looking after the homeless, which has been a particular challenge uh, through this pandemic. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's probably occupied, you know, 25% of the, the effort and time in terms of making sure that they were looked after as well as everyone else. Uh, when Paul talks about equity, I'm sure he talks about, uh, you know, outdoor pools being very, very important, especially in, in, in communities where there aren't a lot of services. Uh, you know, splash pads might be uh, another area where you would think, uh, you know, that to be available to people that uh, may not have a pool in the backyard or don't have a membership at the gym or, you know, so I think Paul is very much uh, interested in, and I, I, I share his view, that we want to be sure that all sectors of our community are are getting benefit if and when we start opening up these facilities and that we just don't start, uh, you know, with the high-end gyms and then forget about You know the people that need to uh, get access to the city facilities that uh, they can cool off in during the summertime. So summer's coming to us. Uh, There's going to be uh, you know hot days, and uh, we want to make sure that we're going to be uh, give people the opportunity that need it that uh, that they can find a way of cooling off. I'm I'm guessing that that's where he was what what he was kind of getting at in terms of making sure that we uh, we don't forget about very important people that may not be able to afford a a backyard pool or a gym membership or all the things that uh, come with, you know, the heat in the summertime and finding ways of cooling off.
0: Thanks so much for the call, Michelle. Appreciate this. And 905-645-3221, star 9900. Have a nice day today. Uh, I want to squeeze one more in before we have to go to the break. Mike, you're next on the Bill Kelly Show. Go ahead for the mayor, Mike. Good
1: morning, everybody.
0: Hi. Um, I just wanted to ask a quick question about the... uh, the PPE equipment, um,
1: mm-hmm. as far as, like, uh, example, like the uh, hand sanitizer and, and the facial coverings and that for both the N95s and just the, the ones that are supposed to keep our, our own germs to ourselves. Um, I'm just wondering, like, I know we're getting to the point where they're saying we're flattening the curve, but we really never did see that supply come back into availability for the general public. Like, even where I work, we have a very tough time trying to supply our own people with this stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm just wondering how long until we'll get caught back up on this type of equipment in case we do feel the second wave.
0: Mike, I'm going to let yeah. you hang up and uh, let the mayor answer it on the radio. Thanks so much for the call, Mike.
1: No problem. Uh, cool. You know, you know, it, uh, the PPE supply has been an ongoing, uh, ongoing challenge. And I have no doubt that it will continue to be so. As as things start to open up, the demand for personal protective equipment, for masks, for, uh, for uh, surgical uh, type masks, or mouth <clears throat> and uh, gloves and sanitizers, is going to go way, way up. And that's going to put an extra, you know, a bit of challenge on the the whole supply chain. Now, I understand. I mean, there are there are companies that are re- re- retooling themselves faster than fast we have uh, laser printers going uh, you know full time we have everyone actually stepping into the space of providing protective equipment. Uh, I suspect that uh, this is going to have to be a monumental effort to get uh, to get the, the, the volume up and the, the supplies up. A lot of it is private sector supply so so I understand that the volume of, of uh, material that's being produced is actually quite high. But the price is also quite high. <clears throat> so that's one of the challenges that we're, uh, we're seeing. And as we, as we start to ramp up and open up things, uh, plastic shields like they have in the grocery stores are going to be in high demand. Uh, you know, all of that, uh, you know, equipment is going to have to be sourced and it's going to have uh, to be available to everyone before they can actually effectively open up. You know, a lot of these uh, businesses that are going to have to be protective of not only their employees, but uh, people that are visiting. So I would say uh, it's going to continue to be a high order problem, uh, one that everyone's focused on. We, uh, as you know, in the early days of the pandemic, we put a call out to anyone, any business that had protective equipment and wasn't obviously using it because their, their locations were shuttered to get it to the frontline healthcare care workers. So that's been the predominant effort is to make sure that they're supplied and I understand as uh, Paul Johnson is uh, you know giving me the daily update that that our supply is good based on where we are in terms of the, you know, the hospital care and the frontline workers the long-term care facilities I think we have the supplies necessary to uh, to, to, to uphold that but the supply for the, the, the rest of the community in terms of businesses uh, you know that's that's going to continue to be a challenge So our task force that we're developing, is one of the charges for them is to make sure that we find ways of uh, getting that supply up and getting that to the businesses that are going to be opening up uh, you know in the next who knows when so <clears throat> starting off now with Canadian Tire I'm sure that they've had to put in a lot of protective equipment and that is something that all businesses and restaurants and other locations are going to have to start looking at so I would say, uh, you know, it's going to be a continuing problem, but hopefully one that uh, if, if we get everybody mobilized, we can we can sort out and make sure everyone's supplied.
0: Mr. Mayor, we're going to take a quick break here, and uh, back to your phone calls at 905-645-3221, star 9900. This is the Mayor's Town Hall. You're listening to the Bill Kelly Show podcast on 900 CHML. Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger is here at the Mayor's Town Hall. Uh, you can reach the Mayor by telephone right now at 905-645-3221. Star 9900 is a toll-free number on your cell phone. You can reach us on email b kelly at 900chml.com, and on Twitter at chmlbillkelly. Your questions, your comments for uh, Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger uh, right till the top of the hour. But call now and uh, make sure we uh, get you on the air and ask your question. Mary, thank you for holding on through the news. Uh, go ahead for the mayor.
2: Um, oh, good morning. Um, my problem is the YWCA. I desperately need it to be opened. Um, I'm one of those vulnerable elderly people that enjoys the aquafit, and I'm also worried about the churches, and I'm Mm -hmm. worried about the library. Mm -hmm. Like, why is the library closed? You know, It's, Mm -hmm. it's absolutely insane. And the museums where you've got all the volunteers... You've got all the people that can help with uh, this, you know, craziness that's going on. That's why we're crazy, is because we can't go to the things that we absolutely love. And uh, I've, you know, like, at least the nurseries have started opening. Um, I, I just don't believe what you're doing to us.
0: All right, Mary. I'll let uh, the mayor answer that. Thanks so much All for right. the call. Go ahead, Mr. Mayor.
1: <clears throat> well, that's the view that some some people in our community have, Mary. And uh, you know, to uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, the uh, the way this has played out and the way this virus has uh, has actually gotten into the community, and the fact that there isn't a <clears throat> a, a, a reliable treatment for it or a vaccine has caused everyone to uh, to. be cautious and uh, so that caution has required the closing of a lot of these facilities and we love them all Uh, everyone uh, is in the same boat mary i think we all miss our our gyms and the yw and the ym and uh, the the libraries and all the resources that are out there that are unfortunately right now are shuttered all of the rec centers uh, all the pools and why because we're trying to stop the spread of this virus Uh, so any any location where people can come together in too close a proximity is an opportunity to spread this virus. And and we know that, uh, especially in the elderly, uh, especially with individuals that have underlying health issues, that uh, it, it could, could be a life-threatening uh, uh, issue. So we've had people die. I, I think you, you don't have to look too far to see the global impact of, uh, you know, the, the amount of deaths that are happening. And so, uh, you know, at some point, you have to deal with that. Now, uh, I would say it would be foolish of us at this point to, uh, to throw, throw everything open again and, uh, and just take our chances. And I know and I have no doubt that the, uh, the number of cases that are going to happen are going to be huge. The whole idea about flattening the curve was, ens- was to save lives, but also to ensure that we didn't overwhelm the healthcare system so that uh, we didn't have to make those kind of nasty choices between who gets a respirator and who doesn't. And uh, we've been successful at that. So, uh, you know, I would say as much as it's been painful and difficult, uh, frustrating for a lot of people, especially, in, you know, single individuals uh, stuck in their own home, uh, you know, but not able to see family and friends, uh, it has been hard on everybody, and uh, including those that have lost jobs or, or, you know, looking for, you know, how, to, how the next income is going to come to them. And so that's why there's been such a massive effort by the federal and provincial governments to, uh, to flow money to people, to uh, try and keep people solvent, to try and keep our economy somewhat <clears throat> intact, uh, so that when we do get past you know, the, the high point of this, that we can open things up again gradually and slowly so that we can measure how the, uh, the virus is impacting the broader community. I don't. I really don't know how else to do this. Quite frankly, Uh, you know what? uh, The only other option is to open the doors and let let happen whatever is going to happen, and that is going to cause you know many, many hundreds of thousands of people to lose their lives. So, I don't think that's an option. So, I don't think the government's had any option but to shutter things and then uh, slowly but gradually look at how we can open them up safely without uh, without you know causing any more
0: harm and spreading any more virus. Part of the problem here, and, and I thank Mary for the call. She, her point's well taken, by the way. There are many people that are dealing with some, some mental health issues mm-hmm. as a result of this, yep. and, and that's that's unfortunate and it's tragic, and it's something that we need to deal with. And I just mean at the end of this, I mean starting now, and I know that you and, and other public officials have, have talked about that. But I, I don't know, Mr. Mayor, if you've had a chance to venture out over the last four or five weeks. At uh, the odd time, I go to the pharmacy around the corner and not too many th- stops. But even in my limited experience with people I've talked to, I still see people that just are are totally you know not not paying any attention to this they're not wearing masks they're not wearing gloves they're not doing the social distancing they're not doing the six foot uh, distance between people uh Mm -hmm. those are the ones that could well be carriers in situations like this and i I guess what we have to remind mary and other people because i hear about this a lot from folks from uh, day to day on this uh, this program is that look at this is a health issue And the the people that are charged with public health, in other words, you know, Dr. Williams here in Ontario, Dr. Tim in federally, these are the medical experts. They're saying this is what we do. You know, they have to remember that, as you mentioned, there's no vaccine. And if and, no, and if people start infecting each other, who, who knows how many more people are going to get sick and how many more people are going to die. And you see those numbers in, in some spots in the States and other parts of Europe. That's what happens if you don't do the physical distancing. And I know it's frustrating. I mean, I'd love to go. I'd love to go to bookstores and hang out for, like, hours at a time. I'd love to go to the library. I'd love to do a whole lot of things right now. But I don't want to get sick, and I don't want to, you know, make somebody else get sick either. And I guess we always have to keep that in mind. It's difficult sometimes, but that's really the goal.
1: Totally. You know what, this has been driven by by public health. You know, when I think about uh, and I know I've had the opportunity to to view uh, documentaries on uh, the the Spanish flu pandemic and and even polio and uh, and the circumstances were much different. And unfortunately, during the Spanish flu, they didn't know what to do. They didn't have the scientific knowledge. And, you know, some 40 or 50 million people lost their lives globally. Uh, that's a stunning, stunning, you know, outcome. And today we have lots of science. <clears throat> we know what we need to do. Uh, the reaction has been, you know, reasonably swift globally, although, you know, it's taken some governments some time to kind of get their heads around what, you know, how, how can we do this? And, uh, you know, once, once it started to happen, I think they've, they've come around to some very quick actions. Some better than others, and you know, again, we we can look uh, to the United States and say, uh, you know, maybe they're not dealing with this as as well as they should or could for you know a whole host of reasons. On the other hand, uh, you know, what what's what's the option here? Uh, is it is it just let it go and and you know get get into the pandemic Spanish flu phase and watch it spread uh, here there and everywhere, and then watch it overwhelm our healthcare system and start lining up the coffins, or do we put the protections in place to ensure that we minimize that? And then, uh, you know, at a given point in time, find a way of conducting our lives that uh, manages the risk and at the same time uh, looks to creating that, that vaccine that uh, ultimately will be done.
0: So the interesting point, in the point about that. Uh, the Spanish flu, I, I've seen the same documentary as I'm sure that you did, Mr. Mayor, and, uh, and yeah. the numbers are staggering. And the, 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 I think the peop- thing people have to remember about that is there was uh, some attempted at isolation back in those days in the first wave of the Spanish flu, but uh, mm-hmm. and people were getting a little frustrated as they are now. And then World War One ended, and, of course, Armistice and the, the soldiers were coming back. And the, after public pressure, they finally said, all right, I guess we can all go back out again. Well, a second wave hit. And that second wave, more people died in the second wave of the Spanish flu than died in the First World War and the first wave of the flu. So, so, I mean, we've we've got to be careful here. There's a lot of stuff going on. I do want to swing something. Go ahead.
1: The the reality is that they also didn't have the kind of the volume of communications we have today.
0: So today, you
1: know, instantaneous communications on what's happening, you know, moment to moment, day by day. Back then, it took them weeks to get that information out of the broader community, and by that time, the spread had already been, you know, pervasive. And so, uh, we're we're well advantaged to avoid the kind of impacts that happened back then. With all the technology, uh, communications, healthcare, I mean, we're so much more advanced, and that's why we've been able to minimize the uh, the negative impact of this virus uh, overall but still have to look for ways then to manage our society and our, our communities in, in ways that minimizes the risk as long as that virus is out there and we don't have a vaccine. The vaccine will come, uh, you know, whether it's six months or a year, who knows at this point, only the scientists can tell, but they're going seemingly as fast as humanly possible, and the speed of it uh, seems to be uh, kind of even overwhelming the, uh, the, the scientists and the healthcare system. They're, They they system. They're, they're surprised by how quickly people are taking on this challenge. So I would expect that uh, sooner rather than later there will be a vaccine. But until such time, we're going to have to manage things uh, going forward. But we're, we're blessed with everything that we have in place today. If we didn't have it, uh, we would have, you know, the Spanish flu scenario happening, uh, you know, which is unthinkable, unthinkable in this day and age.
0: Mr. Mayor, I, I'm going to get back to the calls in a second. There is one issue, because yep. I know that you're meeting council, uh, and there's a couple of things that are going to come up at the agenda earlier this week. One of them is, a, 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 I think it's a recommendation from Councillor Farr, and I know staff have done some yep. work on this as well, uh, and mm-hmm. it's about extending restaurant patios, outdoor patios. Obviously, there are going to be some severe restrictions for a long time to come about indoor restaurants because of uh, physical mm-hmm. distancing and things of this nature. So what uh, they're talking about now is, is giving... Almost every restaurant that wants to the opportunity for an outdoor patio, maybe even closing off some streets for uh, for restaurant districts uh, to do that. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, it was a great idea. I think uh, you know, Councilor Farr and staff, uh, the downtown councilor, obviously, with a lot of restaurants downtown, is looking to the future of you know how our restaurants going to be uh, viable in the future, uh, given that uh, maybe they uh, you know in the next uh, weeks. They Get the opportunity to open the doors and uh, and, and start doing kind of business <clears throat> out of their uh, their seating areas, but their uh, their restrictions that they're going to have to have in terms of still maintaining physical distancing is uh, is going to be challenging. So you know they need they're going to need more space, and we can do that over the the spring, summer, and fall to provide that opportunity, but with with some restrictions. So it has to be agreeable, uh, you know, on the street. Uh, you know, there are other businesses that might be impacted that by that. Uh, You know, in some locations, we probably could consider a closure of a street. King William comes to mind as kind of a natural, Mm -hmm. you know, restaurant alley that would, you know, be benefited by, you know, opening up the street and sidewalk area for restaurant space. Uh, But on other areas, it might be a little bit more complicated. So there's a process to this, but the reality is that most restaurants, uh, you know, between online, which is what they're doing now, many of them, uh, and as as they start to open up, are going to require more seating space spread out more liberally, so that people can socially uh, physically distance. So I would say a great idea. Uh, hopefully it'll pass. Uh, and, and and then there's a, again there's a process. So the BIA's are going to be involved, the business improvement areas, uh, on local street, uh, other businesses are going to have to be involved to ensure that there's no negative impacts on them. So it's a, it's not as simple as just uh, I have a restaurant and, and I'm just going to throw it open. But uh, the opportunity for restaurants to take advantage of this uh, through a process, I think, is going to be very helpful.
0: All right. Back to your calls now for the Mayor's Town Hall on the Bill Kelly Show here at 900 CHML. Frank, thank you for holding on. Go ahead for the Mayor. Hello. Go ahead, Frank.
1: Oh, I, I didn't know whether you, I, I'm getting you. Um, uh, good morning, uh, Mr. Mayor. Uh, could you please good morning. give us, if you could, in a rough example about what the Hamiltonians can expect to be our final municipal tax bill for 2020, now in effect after the budget has been uh, decided on earlier this year, resulting in the implications suddenly caused by the COVID-19. Uh, what I mean is, if there's a shortfall there, and I tend to think there's going to be a fairly massive one, if you want to correct me on that, would, you, would the city be prone to have to borrow money to bail us out in that not all taxpayers are going to have to be able to meet their payments. How do you see that one, please? Yeah, thanks, Frank. And obviously uh, that's going to be a, a challenge for not only Hamilton, but for all municipalities across the country. So we're right now putting in an effort to, uh, to look to the federal and provincial governments for assistance. So their, their ability to borrow money is much, much greater than ours. We're not allowed to run a deficit. Uh, they are. And so, uh, as you as you note that uh, you know the governments are bailing out you know various sectors in our in our community, whether it's the uh, the social service sector or or our businesses or individuals that have lost a job, uh, money is flowing to keep them uh, keep them afloat and keep them you know obviously paying their bills. And uh, and, and the city of Hamilton is going to have you know some deficits as well because we're off- offering up. Tax deferrals, so waiving penalties and fees, and you know, it all depends on how many people take that up in terms of uh, deferring their, their t- property taxes. And we're seeing a significant increases in terms of our expenses for all the work that we've uh, needed to do to protect people in our community. So, currently, the uh, the shortfall is determined for the end of May, somewhere around the twenty five million dollar mark. Uh, if this carries on for another three months, and I expect it may very well, so we're we're looking at fifty million dollars. We're asking the federal and provincial governments to look at assistance both for transit and for other cost issues that uh, are COVID-related to offset that uh, assistance uh, and and burden for the municipality. But at the same time, uh, should that not come through, we do have some reserves. So there are ways that we can uh, help offset those costs. But the other option, and not a particularly good one, is to pass that cost on to the taxpayers and or You know, dramatically cut services, and when we're talking about cutting services, right now everything is shuttered. So, you know, all the services that uh, that are now currently shut down, uh, all the rec centers, uh, you know, all the all the the play facilities, uh, you know, everything that uh, doesn't take any staff time. If we were to shutter, if we were to do more program reductions, they're going to cut into the very, very important services that are people going to need going forward: fire, paramedic, uh, uh, policing. Uh, those are the higher-cost items that uh, will will save save money down the road, and all of them are necessary essentials that uh, I don't think we can do without. So we're we're in a bit of a jam financially, but I think we do have some resources to offset that, and we're also looking to the federal government to help, uh, help with a bailout for municipalities right across the country. So we'll see how that plays out, but uh, hard to know where it's all going to land until we get to the end of the year, but right now our budget's set for... For 2020, uh, uh, you know, at the end of the year, we'll see what the the deficit number looks like and how we can help get help and assistance to offset that.
0: Well, the prime minister has alluded to that a couple of his uh, daily uh, inputs are, are, across from Ottawa, and uh, he says they are ongoing negotiations. I guess that's going to be with FCM, so Federation of Canadian Municipalities. Right. But you like to think that you're going to be on their radar. I want to get Tina, who's been waiting patiently, onto the program before we have to finish off. Tina, go ahead for the mayor
2: oh hi oh, good morning uh... mayor eisenberger i just wanted to mention that uh, you couldn't have summed it up any better when you spoke about what the other caller that was on the line you know this virus is as you said it's you know unpredictable uh... it's still around us you know we don't know the level of virus that's around and people still aren't getting it you work, look, go around and they're still not maintaining the social distance so i'm grateful that you mentioned that again and then we should keep saying that all day for a while but like i said uh, some people just don't get it. As, not to repeat, but it is all around, and, and it's. Tina, you're
1: going to have to forgive me, but I, I can't. Uh, uh, Technology is oh, failing us at this point. I can't. I can't hear your
0: question oh. or your comment. So my apologies.
1: Bill, could you uh, could you? Uh, sure. Yeah. Tina, thank everybody. you for the call. Thank she's you. just actually expressing
0: me? yeah, just expressing her gratitude for uh, uh, the uh, the measures you did put in place. And she's uh, agreeing with the, the comments you made earlier about keeping mm-hmm. the social distancing and keeping these places closed until it's safe. Uh, and, and, and I we've iterated that and reiterated that time and time again. Of course, I, I saw one little item on the, the news on the weekend about this, the virus, because we're learning more about this every day is this virus can stay on substances and on on surfaces. Uh, For instance, on buses, uh, you know, uh, soft metal like you have on a door handle or something like that. It can stay there for two days and still be active. So, I mean, you know, wear gloves, wash your hands, all the stuff that we're talking about. You're doing this for a reason. Uh, We are just uh, about out of time. Mr. Mayor, there's uh, a lot going on. I know you've got another uh, town hall planned for this Wednesday, of course, virtual town hall. Uh, with mm-hmm. your uh, your team, and uh, we'll be watching that. Of course, you can listen to it here on 900 CHML. And uh, stay well. We'll stay in touch, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk again in just a couple of days. Thank you so much for this today.
1: Yeah, yeah. Good good luck at Canadian Tire. Let me know how it goes. Uh, <laughs> I, need, I, I need to do a trip there myself, so give me some feedback.
0: Yeah, so I need you. a yeah. Okay, I need a, a scraper for my window again. Who knew I was going to get that <laughs> May 11th. Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger in the Mayor's Town Hall. Thanks very much, Mr. Mayor. The Bill Kelly Show. Weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.